right here from this uh, book, Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, and we are going to uh, discover some more messengers. Remember the book, Malachi, Malach is messenger, and the I on the end is my, so my messenger, and we don't know the exact personal name. discover some more as we look into this. We go back, though, as we begin this, to the end of chapter 2, and it leads into chapter 3, which is where we will be spending our time. But as we get, get to this portion, there's a question that has to be answered, and where is the God of justice? And that's what it's asked there in Malachi 2.17. Where's the God of justice? And so this where is God thing is a big deal. Every time you go through the the feelings of why do people who, you know, do wicked things get away with them? Why is it there are governments, nations, cartels, gangs who get rich and they cause suffering for others and... You ask the question, where is God? Where is the God of justice? Why is it at work I get ripped off and the other guy gets promoted? Where is the God of justice? Why is it that person gets healed or the doctor is able to figure out something to help them but not me? Where is the God of justice? I've done everything right. Everything. And they haven't. Where's the God of justice? So we all run through that. We ask those questions. But in this portion of Malachi, God says, You have wearied me with your words. You've worn me out with all of this. And they say, Well, how have we done that? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight. And he is pleased with them. And the following question is, you've worn him out by asking, where's the God of justice? The idea being, they don't believe God is the God of justice because people who are doing evil are getting away with it, and they're making a fortune, or they're being praised, and all you have to do is spend a little bit of time on the internet, and it will pop up, and you'll see all these people who do evil things, or immoral things, And they get praised. So what do we do with that? We begin to think, well, I guess it doesn't matter. God is not a God of justice. He really doesn't do anything about that. He really doesn't care. Maybe he's not there. Maybe he's not powerful enough to overcome this. So maybe I'll just quit believing in him, trusting him. I'll just do it their way because it looks like they are winning And he's saying, you're wearing me out with that. He's already declared he's the God of justice. He's proven he's the God of justice. He has worked with the people of Israel over and over and over again, showing them that he is the God of justice. And he's done the same thing for us. And yet we still run into that question. And if we don't verbalize it and share it with the people around us, we feel it. And we run that question through our heads. 
where is the God of justice? Why didn't he take care of that for me or for mine or for my group or for whoever? Where is the God of justice? And that whole idea of, well, the evil, you know, they're good in the, the Lord's sight because they got a little break. Malachi 3.1, God is on the way. This is the answer. Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. There's... Uh, and this is just fantastic. This verse just gives us a clue to a whole lot of things that are about to unfold. Remember, we've talked about this. The, the plans that God had in sending Jesus were clear in the Old Testament, clear in the prophecies, hundreds of prophecies that, that were fulfilled in Jesus. They were not put together and lined up so that the people from Israel or the enemy, uh, the dark enemy in opposition to what God's trying to do could understand it. So they didn't. There is a lot going on in Malachi that's talking about what's about to come. This is 400 years before Jesus shows up, but we're getting some clues. There's some things going to happen, and he's sending help. He's going to deal with things. Where's the God of justice? Well, I'm sending my messenger. Now let's look at messengers because this breaks into two, two parts. Look, I'm sending my messenger. That's John the baptizer. And he will prepare the way before me. So you get one. Then the Lord you're seeking will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger, Jesus, of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of all those heavenly beings. He calls an army because they're ready to do battle. And he is the one in charge of this entire army. And he's saying, this is what's happening. This is what's coming. So we get a clue. There's going to be uh, someone show up, prepare the way. Then the Lord shows up. Both are called my messenger. Isn't that cool? So we've had the priest called messengers earlier. We've had Malachi, the name of the book, messenger. Now we have John and Jesus, messengers. There's a lot going on right there, just unfolding. So he gives it, but he doesn't give the name. So we don't have that. We don't have the time. It doesn't say in 400 years I'll send these guys. You don't get that. You just have, I'm, look, I'm sending help. Where is the God of justice? Well, in 400 years I'm going to send some people that are going to make a difference. One of them is my son. He's going to make a difference. But where's the God of justice today? You know, because I'm feeling the pressure today. So I need it fixed today and our time frame doesn't allow for 400 years have you noticed that four minutes is probably about as far as we can go and he's talking 400 years before this unfolds 
He's sending help. And this is what's going to happen. And this, this is going to affect so many things. And it, I'll give you more. Okay, this is the refiner. This is verse 2. In verse 2, But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. It's talking about the Lord. Jesus is, is uh, going to be handling some, some judging. And the judging is going to be hot. It's going to be strong. He's going to purify. And now you can see some confusion with that when Jesus shows up meek and mild. And they go, well, that's not the guy. Because he didn't come rolling in here blazing. And they go, well, you know, something's wrong with our understanding or this prophecy or these people who think Jesus is it are wrong because that's not how this came down. Let me tell you about twofers. Twofers are prophecies given that apply, and they they can have more furs to them. So you can have one that's going to be immediate, one that can be distant, one that can be unfolding at a particular time along the way, God's timeline. He's just saying, yeah, we're going to get there. So in our minds, because we like to put these all together in a like an accountant sheet where everything just fits in the little boxes and that's God rarely does boxes. So here's this information. He's going to refine. He's going to deal with things and it's coming and he's going to deal with it seriously. When he's talking about when he, he shows up and they have to face him and it's like a blazing fire that refines metal and it, he's going to burn off some stuff well, this, this is a serious moment. That will come ultimately when Jesus returns and he comes back as judge. He comes back at the head of the army and he takes over all the nations and he puts down all of the enemies. That's coming. That didn't happen the first trip. But they don't know that there's more than one trip. But we know John the Baptist came. Jesus followed, he went into his temple, all of those things happened, because we can look back and see it. Has he done the final purification yet? No. That one's not happening. It hasn't happened yet. Are there intervals along the way? Oh yeah. He will cleanse along the way. And he will refine as he goes along. So he's going to do that with them 400 years before Christ. He's going to deal with them At the time of Christ, he's going to deal with them in the 2,000 years up to our time. He's going to deal with us as well. He just keeps making these things happen. Because when we ask, where is the God of justice? He hasn't gone anywhere. If anybody's moved, it's us. Our opinions, the ideas that we come up with theologically, the way we redefine God, that could move. But he doesn't. He is the God of justice. He will accomplish his purpose when the time is right. So it's coming. He will be like a blazing fire that refines metal. He's going he's to seriously clean, clean some things up. And, and just for us who walk with him, who, who, if you consider, okay, how's my life going? How 
absolutely accurate have I been in following him so that everything is lined up as it ought to be. And you go, do you really want him investigating you thoroughly? Everything, every word, every thought, every attitude, everything. You might want to drop the question, where's the God of justice? Say, I'm going to go for that God of mercy one. Just, I think I need something different than this. But he's going to do it. He's going to bring it. It's, it's a legitimate question. It's just that they were all messed up in the way they were thinking about it. So purification, this is verse 3. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. He's going to deal with them because we're specifically dealing with the priests, the Levites, that whole sacrificial system this 400 years before Jesus arrives. So he's trying to clean it up. People are back from, from, they've been in Babylon and now they finally regain the country and they built Jerusalem. They've got the temple up and and now they've been there long enough that they got lazy and things started to fall apart, which is where... Uh, Malachi shows up in this and he's saying, yeah, he's going to come and he's going to deal with them because this Levitical system, the sacrificial system is important. It's supposed to be handled in, in a very precise way so that the, those actions reflect trust in God, a love for God. And the people who are coming, who are trusting the Levites to do their job right, are looking for relief. They're looking for hope. And it's the priests who are working at the temple who make that possible because of the way this is set up. And they're, they're, they have failed, and we, that's what the early parts of Malachi have shown us. But here God is going to show, show up, and he's going to burn away the dross, and he's going to deal with the Levites. For an, another aspect of this is that God will show up in people's lives just in the course of their lives, to purify. He will show up in ways to hold us accountable. He will show up in in ways that we just recognize, oh, he's trying to correct me. Now, those who do evil seem to get away with it because they also have help, uh, outside help, to do evil because that's what evil does. So they're, they're moving in a different direction. We go, well, there's no God of justice. Well, if they don't get it before their last breath, I guarantee you the next moment they understand. And it continues. And it will continue for all time. Justice will be served. They do not want to face that flaming, the flaming eyes of Jesus who sacrificed himself on the cross to bring righteousness, to save people, to develop a new way of living. And now they have spat in his face. And now they're going to stand before him. Well, there's no justice for me today. Yeah, yeah, there is. He will take care of that. And he's working in your life through their evil to accomplish his good. It's not over. He does understand. He knows how much evil there is. He died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. For the whole world. From the beginning to the end. 
How much evil is that? Can you put that in Tupperware? There's a lot. He took it all. He understands all of it. Everyone. In every place. At every time. All the horrors. He understands. And he took it upon himself. He understands it. Will he hold people accountable for it? Yeah. For those who trust him? Wow. There's freedom. Because he releases us from the penalty of our sin because of his blood on the cross. What about those who choose not? There is a God of justice. And justice will be served. And they will have to stand before him. And like a refiner's fire, he will deal with them and everything they have done. Everything. Matthew tells us that every idle word we speak, God keeps track of. Every, every word. Oh, I'm so upset at my computer, I get to cuss at it. He does not forget. I hit my finger when I was using that half-inch wrench under the car. He does not forget. I used that word against a friend of mine because I was angry. He does not forget every idle word. What's it like to stand before a blazing furnace? Been around a campfire, stove, you know it gets hot. This is the refiner's fire, the Holy One of God. And that's what's going to cleanse them. God will get to them. He deals with us along the way. He deals with everyone after death. It's just all coming. The purification is coming. They are to make acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. That's the system that was set up. And God wants it to be done right, so he's going to come and, and deal with them. And he did. And it didn't take them long till they went sideways again, but that's another point of history we're not covering today. So, But here's this is great. They will be acceptable again. This is verse, verse 4. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. So he is always about making it right and then making it possible for people to have a closer relationship with him. Those possibilities exist, and he's providing that, and he wants to bring people around. He wants to reclaim them. He wants to bring them back. So verse 4 to me is hope. Once more, he will bring this about, about and he will, he will clean this up, and, and these guys will come. It is... Uh, uh, which is good to know. Because even, even today, we can mess up and yet know that the Lord will give us an opportunity. There are New Testament passages that say, send this person out, deal with them. I mean, there's some accountability kind of things. And, and you go, well, how horrible to treat people like that. Well, there's a reason for that. It's justice. You do that in order to bring them back. It's always about how do you get them back? How do you get them to think straight? How do you... Uh, it's always about rebuilding relationship, rebuilding relationship with God, rebuilding relationship with others. That's where he's always headed in that direction. People fight him on it, so that's, that's where we run into some problems. But justice will come. That's uh, verse 5. Justice will come. 
At that time, I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me. And that's the group he was talking about before. You know, the, the ones doing evil, and they get it appears these guys are getting away with everything. But he says, mm, no, I will put you on trial. And it will be God who is the witness against all of that. So, you know, in our thinking, well, it's just my word against his word and how can I best put that guy down? And and in this case, God said, I'm not asking you. I'm going to witness against them. And he knows all the ins and outs, all of those things that are involved. Who are the sorcerers, the ones who are uh, toying with the rebellious gods, the demons, the dark side, the evil, pulling all of that? So here's here's a whole group that he's lumped into that. Uh, the word pharmakeia is used in, for sorcery in, in the New Testament. And pharmacy, if you come with that, and you go, oh, yeah, drugs are related. So there's some oh, different potions that are involved in sorcery and connecting with the, these evil spirits and worshiping other gods, looking to other gods instead of the god of justice. Adulterers have pulled the same kind of thing. They are turning to other uh, mixed uh, relationships, and God says, don't do that. And adulterers also are in, in Scripture are those who worship the other gods. So you got a whole mixture of spiritual things that are unfolding in that. And, and the liars, who he's dealt with at the very beginning, here are the ones who are doing evil, and, and they think that that's good, and he's going, that's twisted thinking. No, that's not that's not what we're talking about at all. And he throws in the financial part of this. This is really a bummer for, for many of us. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages. Well, who does that? All kinds of people. I could hire somebody to come out and, um, I don't know, just hire a handyman. Maybe he could do some plumbing, fix a roof, you know, do some, hang a door or something at the house. That's what that guy feeds his family on, that kind of work. And you go, you know, he wants to charge me 150 bucks for the day. Now, when I go to work, I expect to get 500 a day, but this guy wants 150 Can you believe it? So I talk him down to 85 maybe 75 If you do it for 75 dude, I'll hire you. What just happened? Because, you know, I know Jesus and I'm going to keep my money. Just cheating employees. Can be people you have hired that um, work for you on a constant basis, an actual you know, ongoing employee. But Jesus gives the example of, I'm going to hire some guys. Uh, tells about this vineyard. And he says, I'm going to hire some guys to work. Hires them in the morning for a certain amount of money. Hires another bunch at noon, another bunch at the end of the day, and they all come out, and he pays everybody the same. Do you know how mad the people who started out working for him were? He says, my money. I can give people money out and pay whatever I want. 
But in our little minds, that ain't just. I should get a lot more. Did you agree to work for that amount of money? Yeah. Did he rip you off? No, that was a fair amount. Huh. So how does the financial thing enter into this? It's huge because it is so close to our hearts. Ought not be, but it is. It drives us. It moves us. It makes us happy. Makes us sad. Really makes us mad. We got money involved. Then it's important. And he says, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with people who do not live generously, who do not trust me, the giver of all things, the giver who wants, who is taking care of you or taking care of me or taking care of us. They go, hmm, I'm going to cheat employees of their wages, maybe a waitress, you know, leave her a track that looks like a $20 bill. You need to come to Jesus. That's wonderful. Don't ever do that, by the way. People who oppress widows or, and orphans. Now, some of the widows and orphans are taken care of. It's not them, but there are some who take advantage of orphans who, well, they don't have other family to defend them, so they'll use them, put them in an employment situation where they have to work just to have food, and they'll just rip them off because they have nobody to defend them, take care of them. That can happen. Or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. Now, he's not saying just open borders, but he's saying the people who live there legitimately because they're not from your tribe, then you treat them badly. And, you know, America's pulled some of that, and we've done it in the church as well. And it has not been good, and God does not approve. But he said, I want justice for everyone. And why is it that this stuff goes on? Because they do not fear me. The people who do this do not fear me. They don't understand that he is the God of justice. He will come in with blazing, uh, refining fire. He will deal with us in this life or the next. And he will deal with them. And he promises to come through. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. Kind of gives us a clue. But the messenger is coming. The messenger is coming. The, the first go we know about because it's history. So that gives us one, John the Baptist. Then Jesus comes. The Messiah shows up. First go. But he's coming back. We'll find out later. There's more to this. The preparation. The Lord is coming to his temple. We, we know that's going to happen. This is, you know, again, 400 years, but we're, we, we know the, the rest of the story. So we're looking back. The Lord is coming to his temple, that place where the Holy of Holies is and the sacrifices are going on. 430 B.C. and the temple stands in Jerusalem until 70. So for the Lord to come to his temple, he had to come before between... 430 B.C. and 70 A.D. when the Romans destroyed it. So what if God didn't send the Messiah until 80 A.D.? There's no temple. What if he sent him in 350? There's no temple. What, what's going on here? You have to have a temple for him to come into. There's a period of time in history when it, was exist, it stood there in Jerusalem and that's when this is all said to have occurred. And he did it. He shot right in there. 
And Jesus showed up at the temple. He's there eight days after he's born. That's pretty cool. A few people recognized him. This is him. That's the Messiah. That's the guy. A baby wrapped up in baby clothes. You know, everybody's going, oh, cute. You know, but people recognize that's not just cute. That's him. That's the one we've been waiting for. And he came. He comes to his temple. Does he come again? Yeah. He comes there. He he teaches. The system is going to be cleansed. Jesus came and cleansed the temple. Remember that? Threw those people out of there who weren't doing it right twice. Jesus made the once for all sacrifice. His death on the cross took care of all the other sacrifices for all time. No other sacrifices required. He died on the cross once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that we might have the way cleared to have a relationship with God. Jesus made the once for all sacrifice. Those things that Malachi is talking about and the messengers to come, John and Jesus came. Jesus presented God's uh, truth. He presented the way. He presented the life. And he made it possible for all of us because of his sacrifice. All of those things are unfolding. And that was one time. He's coming again to do some more things. So we get... We can just get a heads up here in the book of Malachi about some things that are coming. So how do we handle this? What are we to do? What's, you know, what's, what points to us in all of this? And let me take you to the book of Hebrews, living by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 to 38. The writer there says, Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Malachi is addressing those who have turned away, calling evil good, good evil. We've got a whole turn it upside down. Where's the God of justice? And in, in, in Hebrews, again, for just a little while, the coming one will come. This is after Jesus comes the first time. Uh, Hebrews is written after the temple is destroyed. So he's looking for the coming of the Messiah, the one who's going to come and deal with things with a blazing fire. That one is coming. In just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And the righteous ones, which he's calling us... Uh, we are the righteous ones, will live by faith. That's how you live rightly with God. Patient endurance. You just keep hanging in there. You don't give up. You don't quit. You don't say, where's the God of justice? How come I get treated so badly? God has not forgotten. God is still at work. And there are times, of course, we've got to ask some of those questions to change things. But when we live there, it's not by faith. This is trusting him. He's coming again. He will deal with this. Justice is coming. And he will deal with us if we don't live rightly because he says, I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, who doesn't trust him, who doesn't patiently endure, who doesn't hang in there so that whatever is unfolding at the time that we live in history, 
We trust him because he's still coming. It's not done yet. There's more to come. There's even more in Malachi that we're not going to cover today. So let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us some time to look into your word, to remember what you've done and what you are doing now and what you are going to do in the future. Thank you for oh, your patience with us, your love for us, your, your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus as the sacrifice to change things, to uh, teach us the way, who presents to us living justly, rightly. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the hope that we have in you, for that future that exists. We indeed want to live by faith in you, the Lord of heaven's armies. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.